My name is Kevin Haybaum Vollmers, and welcome to a special edition of Gazillion Voices Radio, a partnership between Gazillion Voices Magazine and KFAI. This podcast will be featured on Entertainment Weekly's The Community's website this coming Saturday, where I have been reviewing Dan's film, aka Dan, for about uh, eight weeks now. The podcast will be featured along with the film in its entirety free of charge. And joining me today for the conversation is Dan Matthews himself, calling in from, where are you calling in from? California, L.A., right? I'm calling in from Los Angeles right now, yes, sir. Excellent. So uh, welcome to the conversation. It's been a while since I've talked to you. It has. We, we, we've been emailing. We, we email kind of frequently, but it's definitely been a while since uh, we talked. Uh, I've, I've heard your voice. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for folks who don't know you, uh, what do you do? Where do you live? Yeah, uh, my name is Dan Matthews. I live in Los Angeles. And I've uh, been here for about three years, uh, although I grew up in Southern California. I, I work for a, um, uh, an online YouTube network uh, where I develop content for um, those two uh, rather well-known Asian-American entertainment groups, One Food Productions and Far East Movement. And so I uh, develop uh, uh, online programming and content for them. Very cool, very cool. And you yourself an adoptee, and uh, you were in Korea recently, well, in the last few years. Yeah, I was in Korea uh, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, so um, that's where um, your film, a.k.a. Dan, was filmed and so forth. So, for again, for folks who don't know and who haven't been following my uh, review of the film, can you talk about the film, how it began, and um, where it is now? I guess the short and long of it is that we were going to go out to... Um, this big Korean adoptee conference called the International Korean Adoptee Association Summit, where uh, adoptees from all over the world, Germany, Australia, uh, Paris, uh, the United States, Canada, where everybody was kind of coming together to be able to do this one big conference. And I was going to go out there. I, I made plans to go out there anyway. I was going to be able to perform. And I thought that while I was out there, I really wanted to film some content. Uh, at the time, it was mainly just to film other adoptee stories. I wasn't really going out there to do anything more than that. Uh, but uh, surprisingly, and I'm very happily, uh, we ended up doing a biological family search because I thought, you know what, this might be my last time in Korea for a very, very long time. What the hell? And I did the search um, about, I want to say, three to four months before we went out there. And then we got really lucky with the information. And what went from, like, maybe just filming a couple of adoptee stories uh, went went from that to a full-on documentary series about me meeting my biological family. Yeah, so um, let's talk about uh, a very unique portion of uh, your story, and that's in the feature in the film, is that you literally only searched for, like, a few months. Yeah, I only, well, I, I guess I searched for maybe about three, about three months or so, and then um, I, I, for whatever reason, I was able, they were able to make contact, and I got very surprised. 
Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, for, again, for folks who don't know the search process for Korean adoptees, many times people can uh, search for years, like three, four years, and sometimes, you know, most people don't actually uh, find their families at all. Yeah, that's, you, you definitely probably have a lot more information about that than I do, but as far as, from what I understand and what I've heard from other adoptees, it's definitely a very time-consuming and often expensive experience. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about um, your time at the conference. I mean, it's it is a part of the film, and you get to see shots of it, and it's, it's some you have some really nice shots of the audience and your engagement of uh, uh, the other attendees. But it's not a big um, component of the film. But what was that like to be in Korea with so many Korean adoptees at the same time? It was really incredible. I don't think I would have been able to go through the experience of meeting my biological family if it wasn't for the fact that I was around so many other adoptees. I was around people that were thinking the same things that I were, um, that it either were just about to do, make the process or were out there to start the process or uh, had already made the process. So I was able to talk to them and kind of um, uh, find ways to relate to them. And it was a really, really nice experience being around, being surrounded by so many. Um, and then just in general, it's just, it's, it's so much, there's, there's this instant um, uh, like friendship and, and uh, instant, kind of connection with these other adoptees, even if I wasn't out there to do the biological family search, around people that are, um, at least in my opinion, probably the, the closest to your experience that you're ever going to meet. And so um, you just have this instant friendship, and there's a lot of people that are going through the same feelings and emotions, and a lot of people that were going out to Korea for the first time, and just everybody's is, is, is having a good time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, the IKA gathering has a particular <laughs> reputation for partying. How much did you party, Dan? <laughs> ah, we partied a lot. Uh, definitely, there's probably two, two, two nights out of the seven nights that we were there that we didn't party just because we needed a night off to recover. But um, definitely a lot of drinking and a lot of uh, going out, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was uh, one part of the film where you get a shot of uh, you actually having been out all night and you have to return to the hotel because you're just like shot and you're sick anyway. And there's that shot of your hotel room and it's just a mess. And you, just, I just thought, wow, they were having a good time there. They were having a good time the entire that they were there. Well, I'll, I'll say that that particular scene was actually edited in a certain way that like it made it made it look, it, it was more, it was, it was a lot funnier than I think it was supposed to. It was actually like a little, really, like, I was actually really, really sick at that time. Oh. And it was really less about me being hungover. It was more about me just being really sick. And, uh, but it, the way that it was edited, it came off to, um, that one particular scene where it looked like I was out <laughs> drinking for a very long time. So we'll just say that it was, it was nice editing on, on behalf, behalf of my team that kind of made it come across that way. Um, but even if we weren't there for the conference, I think that it's Korea, it's so, um, it seems like that's just a part of the culture is drinking. Whether or not it's good or bad, we'll let people decide that on their own, but that's just kind of, when when in Rome. Moving along, there's the first scene, uh, which comes actually pretty early. I think it happens in episode two of the series, right? Where uh, you meet your family for the first time. And um, there's the recording of you meeting the family is not actually seen. And then you're into the restaurant and you and uh, your friend are actually talking about the experience. And one of the things that kind of caught me uh, off the guard a little bit uh, was that your emotional um, way of expressing that interaction was, uh, it, it wasn't actually that demonstrative. And then you, your friend was actually almost ready to cry. Can, can you talk about that? Were you, were you feeling anything at all? Or were you processing something because it had just happened and it was such an intense experience? Or was there something else going on? Right. I, I, well, I'm a, I'm a pretty unemotional person as it is. I'm a pretty stoic person. 
Um, I don't really show my, my, my heart on my sleeve very, very often. Um, but I, I think that for me going through that, it was, it was, I was still in shock. That, the scene when I was in the restaurant was literally right after I met them. And it was for us to be able to, I guess, talk about what had just happened. And so uh, for me, it was just really, really, um, I was just in shock. And I was definitely processing what had just happened. And I don't think that it really hit me um, after a little while that I had actually met them. Um, and so, right there, it was just, just very shocking. But it was also, a lot of it for me was that I've got no direct connection with these people. Um, they're family, but they're not family. They're just kind of strangers that have this weird emotional, at, at least at that point, they were just these strangers that had this weird emotional connection with me that I didn't feel, but they felt a lot stronger than I did. Right. So, um, it, I kind of prepared myself to not really be connected with them, and I didn't really get connected with them until like, later on in the trip. Can you uh, talk about uh, when those emotions started kind of coming forward, when you started connecting with them? You can kind of see it in the film um, at, towards the latter end of it, especially at the end of the film when uh, their family's walking you to the airport, and you have that moment where, uh, with your mom, with your biological mother, you have that moment where you start crying. That is a scene I think a lot of Korean adoptees can actually identify with. But where where was the tra- when did the transition start happening, and what were you thinking at the end of the film when uh, they were walking you to the airplane? Uh, I I, I that, like I started feeling a lot more emotionally connected with them when I went out to go visit the island that I was born on, and I got to stay with them for a little bit longer. And that's when I realized that like, it, it finally like kind of I was like I I accepted a lot more than when I first met them that I am related to these people. This is my biological family. Um, this is insane. And then, um, I think that all of those emotions just kind of caught up with me at the end of the trip when I was leaving and the whole, the whole rush of other emotions, leaving Korea, when would I come back, leaving them, just feeling really sad about leaving. Um, it, and so, yeah, I think it all caught up to me at that one moment. During the credits, your twin brother comes and visits you in California and, um, you two are playing in the playground. When did that happen? He came to America, I want to say, three months after I was in Korea. So actually, I was in Korea until the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. And then he came out September, October, November. So three months later in November. Yeah, and I got really, really, I was very, very happy that that got to happen. Because I really wanted uh, to have him experience, like, I wanted him to be here. And to see, I got to see his life. So it's good for, for me, him to see my life, too. Can you talk about what your relationship is now with uh, your family in Korea? Yeah, I, I, um, I talk to my brother at least once a week. Um, and we use Kakao, um, which makes it really easy for international texting. Uh, there's uh, the mobile app. Yeah. It makes it really easy to communicate. And so I, talk, I use Kakao to talk to my brother and my sister. And then um, my father's on Kakao, too. And then my biological mother, I email her. I'll email her. I try to email her at least once a week. It's... Um, depending on how busy I am, it's maybe twice a week. But um, so it's good, but not to be naive about the situation. Like it's going to be very difficult, and uh, it's something that's going to be a this is a lifelong uh, experience for me now. And uh, it's not it's not like oh, okay, this happened now I can just kind of forget about it and go back to like my my regular life. Uh, my life's completely changed now. And the decisions I make aren't going to affect just my family here in the, in the United States, but they affect my family in Korea now, too. So um, it's something that I think about. 
You bring up a really interesting point that I think folks outside of adoption rarely think about because you know sometimes they see these uh, reunion films and they think oh that's a great story the end right but there is there isn't the end it's an ongoing process so has it been an ongoing process for your adoptive family as well how how are they um engaging all of this right my, my family's always been very supportive and uh above all else they've been uh one of the biggest reasons why i was able to kind of get through all this i was very happy with their level of support and um they're all they're very happy everything's back to normal for the most part one of the uh, best parts about your film for me is how supportive your mom comes across uh, in the film. And, you know, her dropping you off and, you know, her sending you that private message towards the end of the film and all that stuff. Um, do you still talk about the ex what it is like for you now to engage two families at the same time? Yeah, I know. We, we talk a lot about it. My mom, we usually, at least it, whenever I talk to her in conversation, she'll bring up my, my uh, biological family at least once. If I talk to mom, what's going on with them? Um, and then I'll, I usually have no updates for that. <laughs> I've got no, I, I've been, it's kind of the same thing I say each time. They're good. I, I don't really know what's going on with them, really. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, no, we, we talk about it. We're very, I'm very open about it. Cool, very cool. So um, besides being a film star, you're also a hip-hop guy, and uh, I love your new album. Can you talk about it? Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm really, really thankful to be able to put out an album at the same time as a documentary. Uh, so the album kind of is a good companion piece with the uh, with the documentary. It kind of is a good way to um, if you listen to if you if you watch the documentary and then listen to the album. I think a lot of it kind of uh, coincides, and uh, it, it's 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 good to be partners with one another. Um, but it's a full length album. I was really excited to be able to put it out. I'm really excited with the work on it. I collaborate with a lot of other Asian American artists that uh, I really look up to. So. Um, I'm very happy with how it came out. You are a part of what I call the, you know, the Korean uh, adoptee Hallyu, right? You obviously have, through your film and through your music and so forth, have touched a number of people's lives, in particular uh, Korean adoptees who are younger. Um, what, what's that like to be in that position? That is really important to me. That is really, really, uh, above all else, whether or not I've met my biological family, um, whether or not it was just going to be a film about other adoptee stories, not necessarily about myself. It was about providing content for that I felt that younger adoptees could relate to. It's, it's fun content. It's not super-duper heavy. Um, it's not super-duper educational or upfront or in their face. And, and again, not, not that there's anything wrong with content that's like that, but uh, I feel like there needs to be a, um, a touch point, a accessible point for um, younger people to be able to relate to something. So um, I, I thought that I was really excited with the reaction to how other adoptees are taking it. I've gotten a lot of really, really nice messages from other adoptees. And even people that aren't adopted, people just come from weird family situations and say they can relate to my cut that when I'm, when I'm rapping about it, what, what they see in the documentary. So uh, it's been a really nice experience being able to, I think, communicate that way. What's next for you? What kind of projects do you have coming uh, up? What's next for me? Um... You know, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I'm just kind of like taking life as it is right now. Uh, I'm still doing speaking and um, uh, concert dates around the documentary of my album. Uh, I want to try to do as much of that as I possibly can for the next year. Um, I'm starting to work on a new album right now, and um, at least I'm, I want to put out an EP, like a five-song um, disc, hopefully sometime early next year. So just working on that for right now. 
Cool, very cool. Well, I know that you have a busy schedule, so uh, thank you for taking the time to help me uh, wrap up my review of your film. Kevin, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You obviously we've been to touch about a number of things, and I'm just very thankful for your support on all that, so thank you. Yeah, not a problem. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye. We live high.